0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen and the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Nobody shouted. Work at living in peace with everyone. Work at living a holy life, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Thank you. The word of God is the word of God. What that says to me is figure out how to be live right, live holy, see Jesus. I had the weirdest thing happen to me last night. So, my family's been kind of playing a game I found out when I fall asleep on Sunday afternoons. Um apparently I I'm, I'm I'm prone to stop breathing. And they're like counting doesn't sound real funny to me. and But last night, I was having a really hard time breathing, and I fell asleep, and I was probably up 15 times through the night. But as I was up 15 times through the night, I don't know why and I don't know how, whether I was in the body or out of the body, in a dream, not in a dream. But I, at one point, felt like I experienced the greatest joy I have ever experienced. It was like for a moment, I left this body and I was looking into heaven. It was like I could see across for a moment. It was like there was, there was something ahead of me. That, that, that it was, when I woke up, I was so filled with joy that, that, I mean, you know, how many, when you wake up 15 times in the middle of the night, you know, you, you're not joyful. I was like, just almost weeping for joy. I fall into this sleep. I look ahead. I see over into this joy and I reach, I'm trying to pull something from that land into this reality. And the next thing I know, I reach over to grab hold of an angel in that land and pull it into this reality. And as I do, I hear, what are you doing? Why are you waking me up? And I had grabbed hold of Christina, come on now, amen, and was pulling her across the bed. Still an angel, come on. There was something that I saw. And I remember thinking this in the middle of the night. There is a joy that is awaiting us that I would not trade anything for. There is no pleasure of this earth that's worth trading interest into that kingdom for. There is, I mean, I wish you could have experienced for just a moment, what, for whatever reason, I was allowed to see in the middle of the night. This was not a planned illustration. It, it, it's, it sounds weird to me also, but I'm telling you the joy because I made me think there's no, there's no struggle, there's no, there's no unforgiveness, there's no bitterness, there's no strife, there's no, my got to get my ways and my rights and these kind of things that's worth giving up what was waiting for us over there. And so today I want to talk to you from the book of Hebrews because they were dealing with the question in the book of Hebrews is should we give up what we've gained? Should we back down from what we've gained? And and so what we find here, he says, listen, live at peace with everyone. Live a holy life. Keep going, folks, because unless you figure this out, how to live at peace with everyone and live a holy life, you're never going to see God. You're never going to go over there. The church used to preach a thing called holiness. And then we wanted to accept, be a thing called acceptance. But the truth is we can not reject anyone and still promote the holiness of God. Because what that says is, is none of us are there yet. Yet. But we're working on growing to become who God wants us to be. I may not be finished yet, but I'm not where I was when I started. And I'm looking ahead. But the problem is the world we live in, it's trying to pull us back and doesn't want us to experience heaven. It's constantly pouring out stuff on us that is dirty and wrong. The world we're in is angry at each other. Can I get a, can I get an amen for that? Yeah. We're screaming freedom. Excuse me. A little real bad Mel Gibson person. There. Freedom. You know? Yeah. We're screaming freedom. And the reality is we're not free. We're acting like we're free somehow with this life and pains and struggles. Now listen, some of you are looking at me like, we wish Christina was preaching again this week. I don't want to hear it. But listen to me, God sent me with a word today to tell you that freedom is what Jesus died to give us, but the problem is too many of us are living in a prison of bitterness. We're angry at the government. We're angry at other citizens. So many people are mad at their bosses that a great resignation is happening. It's truth. I mean, look, the world's changing. I mean, could you believe parents are angry at teen, no, parents and teenagers have always been angry at each other, but listen to me. This is important. We've got this angry world that's bubbling over. I believe we've ch- exchanged a pandemic for an epidemic of anger and bitterness. In the year uh, prior, uh, leading up to 2020, uh, that year, do you know how many uh, situations of violence and anger occurred on airplanes in America? 143 were investigated. 143. In the year 2021, 3,715 were investigated. The world is, bit, is bitter yet screaming, I want my freedom. I want my rights. I want my freedom. But the problem is we don't even know that even the house of God is not free. Thank you for a few amens. Let me say that again. Jesus died to set us free. Amen. So what do we do when bitterness takes over our lives? Well, psychology today says... In an earthly sense, all bitterness starts out as hurt. It's emotional pain when we view the way that others have intentionally harmed us. Anger and resentment quickly grows, even if it's righteous anger, and begins to fester into corrosive ulcers called bitterness. And I fully know that when I talk about bitterness, some of you are like, I didn't come to church for you to deal with that. So like the other day, I had a guy trick me. He tricked me into lunch. He's like, meet me for lunch. And I was like, okay, we'll go to lunch. And he's a counselor. And we get to lunch and, and, and he looks at me and he starts trying to counsel me at lunch. And he asked me a question that was a tough question. And when he asked me this question, he's like, is there anybody that you feel this way about? And I went, you're buying lunch because he was delving somewhere. I didn't feel comfortable, but the truth was I needed the question to be asked because when he asked the question, it revealed something inside of me that had no business being inside of me. Now you can scream, we're free. We're free. We're free. But until you begin to get down to the nitty gritty of who you are in your life and examine whether or not you're really free because I have tasted of the freedom of the Lord and it is good. One of my dearest friends is a man who, in his own confession, spent 17 years trying to destroy me. 17 years. But he said, you showed me love when no one else would. And now we have this deep, close friendship. And he said, how can I ever thank you? And I said, no, it's not about you you thanking me. I should be thanking you because I didn't realize that every time you shot an arrow, I started shooting back. And before long, I was consumed with bitterness that I didn't even know was there. And God got down inside of my heart, and he set me free. Some of you are like, I came to church to talk about the 4th of July freedom. I won't talk about ice cream and and, and apple pie. Let me just tell you, your ice cream and your apple pie will never taste as good as it does when you're eating it free. Life gets better. You see... God is speaking to us, and he says, the way you're going to live with each other is going to show how you're doing in your holy standards. And so if you're living at war with others, odds are you're not walking holy with either. Either give me an amen or an oh me. I got to ask you a question. Have we made any effort to live at peace with anyone? Most of us are struggling to find a peaceful situation. We're constantly being set off. And so what Hebrews 12, 15 says, he says, it's really important that you make efforts to help each other because without peace, you're not going to be holy. And without holiness, you're not going to be able to go to heaven. I'm tired of people saying the church no longer preaches the gospel. I'm doing everything I can to preach the unadulterated true word of God. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. He says, look after each other and help each other not end up in a bitter place. Help each other find grace because when I help you find grace, it helps me find grace. I don't want to talk to you about a couple of things that you need to understand about bitterness. The first thing is you might have bitterness in your life and not know it because bitterness is a hidden destroyer. It gets down inside of who you are and it acts and you don't even know it's there. It will guide you and lead you and manifest itself in ways because the, the the writer says, he said, it's like the root. The root goes down deep into the ground. It's down deep. You, you might see the tree. You never see the root. But when you see the tree, you've got to understand the reason that the tree is able to withstand the wind, listen to me now, is because the root goes deep. Some of you have been going, God, get this problem out of my life. And the reason the wind of the Holy Spirit is not blowing the problem out of your life is the root is still too deep inside of you. You've not let God set you free yet. If you'll just get with me, we're going to get free. Sometimes trees have over a mile of roots. Listen to me, it's what's beneath the surface that's hindering us. And it will manifest in the weirdest way. Some of you going, "Oh, well, I don't have bitterness. This is not about me. Let me just explain to you. There's some little signs that let you know there's something deep inside of you that needs to get dealt with. Are you ready? i want to say a couple of key phrases and explain these to you, and you tell me if anybody in here understands. It's like, it's like when you're pulling, when you're driving, oh, this should be enough, 400. But when you're driving on 400... And you're in a bit of a hurry, and someone is driving slow in the left lane. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You pull up behind them. You're like, move over. Yeah. You flash your lights. You're like, you're going 42 in the fast lane. There's nobody near you. You can go around them easily. Pass them by. Leave them behind. Let them keep doing what they think is right all to their own joy. But instead, it manifests out of you. And finally, after you've blown the horn, revved your engine, flashed your lights, you swerve over, determined you're going to close the gap as close as possible and almost take the front off their car. Oh no? Cause I've watched you. You will manifest something as you go by. And you realize it's your boss's wife you just passed. Come on now, amen. I did it the other day. I was coming around. And I was like, get out of the way. And so I just said, you know what? You know I'm not going to get angry. But as I went by, I got, I got angry as I went by because it was somebody texting. All right, can I give you one more? I know these seem silly, but but, but I'm getting to the truth here. <laughs> the 10 items or less aisle. <laughs> if the aisle says... 10 items or less. You have no business having 13 items and being in that aisle. You have broken the law of Kroger. Are you with me? Move. Align. I have two items and your 13 items that you have multiplied time 10 each do not qualify. And then I realize that maybe the problem is not the fact that they have three more items than they should. Maybe the problem is I've let something grow inside of me that shouldn't be there. And maybe the problem is not that they're in the wrong lane. Maybe the problem is that, that I've been operating from the wrong position. And there's something bitter inside of me that's manifesting in the way that I interact with those around me. My neighbors, my family, my spouse. There's all of these places inside of my life that show me that maybe there's something not right inside of me. There's a root that maybe I didn't know was there. But here's what you need to understand. This is so important because roots can grow underground, but they eventually will yield a visible fruit. Eventually, the fruit's going to show what's really rooted underneath. I don't know where these crazy stories come to me, but I want you to know uh, a few years ago, somebody in this church, I won't call their name because I have no bitterness toward them, but they blessed my children with some of those colored chicks at Easter time. And they grew and they grew. So we had these big chickens in our yard. And I built them a little pen and I said, well, if I'm going to keep feeding these animals, they, could, they better start producing some eggs. And so I had, I had uh, something, a dog killed like one of them. So I had, I had one rooster, one hen. I fed them the the laying mash for weeks, nothing. I gave them the little things you're supposed to get nothing. I tried everything I could to get eggs to come from that pen because they needed to carry their weight to be on my property. I listened to that one rooster crow. I listened to him crow and crow and I'd go out there and there were no eggs. Finally, one day I was laying in bed and I heard one rooster crow and I heard another rooster crow back. I walked outside and understood why I had no eggs. I had a late bloomer. Come on now, amen. I thought it was a hit until finally he he just changed overnight. I said, my goodness, you can't get this out of there when it's not made to produce that. And the the reality is that I couldn't yield a good fruit because I didn't have the right components. If you are dealing with a bitter root in your life, you will never yield a lifestyle of holiness. I'm just going to serve God and y'all go... Live like the devil if you want to. No, forgive them or you'll never be free to serve God the way you're supposed to. You see, it goes further than we can imagine. Here's another thing. Not only does it get deal with what's hidden, it deals with the fact that bitterness always poisons others. How many of you understand that the roots that you plant never stay in just your yard? they'll always grow into your neighbor's yards also. So what the verse is saying is be careful that what's going on in your life doesn't cause other people to miss out on grace because if you can't give grace, you can't find grace. And he says, what will happen is it will corrupt many is the word that's used here. Many will be corrupted. The word is polluted or stained or contaminated. It's in Greek and and and, and it will cause many people around you. And what happens is, and this was not my plans, but here's what happens. We end up trying to get people on our warship to help load our cannon so we can attack others. The church was not called to be a battleship. The church was called to be a rescue, search and rescue vessel to go out into a world where people are lost and die and going under. There is a battle that rages all around us, but many there are that surround us when we're on mission for the kingdom of heaven and we shouldn't be waging war against others. As the church, we ought to be going out trying to rescue others. Folks, you've got to understand something today. Hatred and holiness cannot coexist in the same heart. And when we invite people into our bitterness, we become the stumbling block to their pursuit of peace. So what do we do about it? We have to get honest about it and expose it. We have to expose it. Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Bring it into the light. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you are bitter at God. Some of you are bitter at your co-worker who got your promotion that received what you deserved. Some of you are bitter at your older sibling who seems to do no wrong. Some of you are bitter at the woman who is now dating your ex. And even though you don't want to be with him, you can't stop hating her. Because you're bitter at him. And the reality is you're in a prison. And Jesus died that you would be free. And you cannot heal from that which you're not willing to admit or which you are unwilling to admit. So just to be honest, all of us have to check our hearts. Let me say that again. All of us have to check our hearts. I, I guess I need to... I may, <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the time I was trying to... I was learning Spanish and I was trying to tell the guy, I said, he was talking to me about his problem, I said... Oh, this is your problem. This is your problem. And I, I said, Tu problem is to tienes un pescado en tu corazón. And he said, ¿Qué pastor? I said, what, what pastor? I said, this is your problem. You have a pescado. And the word I was looking for was pecado. And pescado. I was trying to say, the problem is you have sin in your heart. And I kept telling him, you got a fish swimming inside of your heart. <laughs> Finally, about the seventh time I told him, he went, Okay, Pastor, yo tengo un pescado mi corazón. And I said, I said, look, the problem is we all have something inside of us that we all need to deal with. I went, a friend of mine, well, it's Lance Johnson and I were needing to have a meeting and Lance, uh, he said, why don't you just come ride with me to this service I'm preaching? I said, well, sure, I'll ride with you. And we had our meeting on the ride and we get there. And I just finished writing this sermon that day. And he said, uh, um, he said, uh, uh, he got in the pulpit and he said, Hey, I'm going to preach out of Hebrews 12, 14. I said, well, okay. I said, this is going to be interesting. Preach my whole sermon right to me. This is not an easy sermon to receive. He did an interesting thing. He took the fruits and he ate one apple and then he bored out another apple and he poured candle wax down into it. And he said, let's eat this one and I'll give some of you. And if he cut it open, it was all stained. Because this is what bitterness does. It's inside of there and you don't even know it. So as I'm writing this sermon, Mark, God loves me. Sometimes, do you ever feel like he loves you too much? I'm writing this sermon, and as I'm talking about bitterness, he shows me somebody that I, I, I'm not real happy with. You're looking at me like, Pastor, you got, you got family and neighbors. And I said, God, I've already dealt with that. And he showed them to me again. I was like, Lord, we've we've already gone over this. I've forgiven them. He's like, I saw it again. So finally, I said, God, will you help me forgive them the way you've forgiven me? I'm telling you, my phone goes off. They haven't texted me in almost a year. Boom, it's them. I suddenly realized there was a bitter root in my life because light of fire lit in my eyes. How dare you interrupt my time with God? And <laughs> I thought about it. So, okay. Could you not give me a little longer to deal with that? <laughs> and they'd sent some text that was it was it was silly. And I responded in a very grace-giving way. And when I responded with grace, it shocked them. And they responded with grace. And Then they're like, Pastor, I miss you. And I said, isn't that strange? Because I was just literally sitting here praying over what divides us. You can act like you don't have bitter roots in your life, but every one of us struggles with something. We have to learn to cancel those debts. Father, forgive me as I forgive them. When you realize that you have been forgiven, how dare we withhold it from others. I have been forgiven so much. And I want God's grace to flow to me and through me. But God is not going to build stagnant pools. He's looking for flowing waters. People are going to do you wrong. Brandon, why don't you look at me for just a second. I don't know where this is coming from. People can do you wrong on real estate deals. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. You're going to have to forgive them. People are going to going to take your business and criticize what you accomplish. But guess what? God needs you to let grace flow through you because he's going to need to send grace to you. Now let me close with this today. I don't know why I was allowed to see, as it were, for a moment of heaven. And I don't know why God loved me enough to make me deal with that situation right then, right there. But as much as that situation hurts, I would never exchange what I saw for that. You got to let it go. You got to lay it down. One piece at a time if necessary. It has to fall. As I left the service, after the second service today, a man met me at the door and he almost grabbed me and he said, did my wife write this message? I said, no, I haven't spoken to your wife. He said, because with tears flowing, he said, it's right where I'm living. All of us have the opportunity for things to grow in our hearts. You know, that will cause us to lose the joy of freedom. That will cause us to miss out on the glory of heaven. The thing is, we're not really trying to live at peace with anyone, but until we learn to live at peace with everyone, we can't really learn a holy life. Until we learn to live a holy life, we have no part in a heavenly. Give me an amen and I'll close. I thought you'd say it louder than that. Stand with me. Stand with me. I promised you. Give me a good amen and I'll pray. Come on, amen? Amen. Lord, we are undone. Bitterness is inside of us and it manifests in the daily irritants and the way we speak to others. There's roots that go deeper than we even know that they're there. They prevent us from being close to people who have done nothing but love us. They prevent us from finding freedom from people who've done nothing but harm us. All of these roots, Lord, are not of you. Lord, I pray that by the power of the word of the living God as we begin to acknowledge expose them bring them into the light as Ephesians 5 says bring them into the light Lord we expose them Lord that they will wither and die in the light of your glory and let a root of holiness and of strength and a purity begin to take their place in our life. That we would feed from, a, from, from literally, Lord, a taproot that is placed into the anointing of God. Into the grace of God. And Lord, as I draw that grace, so I give that grace. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if God's dealing with you today about a root of bitterness, let me see your hand. Hold it up quick. Quick. Hands all over this place. Going up. Maybe you're online. You say, that's me. Just type that. That's me. That's me. Father God, right now by the power of the Holy Spirit and the victory that ours is in Christ, I thank you, Lord, that forgiveness comes, that grace is given, liberty is ours, and we shall truly walk in the freedom that Jesus died to give us. Because he that the Son sets free is free indeed in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said amen. Come on, give God a praise this morning for the freedom that's ours in Christ.